Welcome. You're tuned into the Living in Rhythm podcast where we wax philosophy and experience in the art and science of living in rhythm. I'm Sister Sunday and I came here to let my soul shine. It's a lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> So we're easing into spring in the Northern Hemisphere. This means it's time for a rhythmic rebirth. So we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to get into natural time a little more and establishing a rhythm through the heartbeat. And I really want to talk about beginning phases, the beginning modality of not only in astrology and the moon, but in life, just beginning life cycles. We're definitely going to get deeper into Aries season, the sun in Aries. And I want to talk a little bit about the half moon. We're here. If you're watching, you're probably seeing the moon is at a waning, waning last quarter phase. And I want to talk a little bit about that and just a little bit more sprinkling in of the planetary alignments that are happening this week. If you didn't know, we're living in extraordinary times. So... Let's get into it. All right. So welcome back. Last week, we talked a lot about observation and correlation as far as really beginning to understand not only astrology, but what I call cosmic synchronization tuning into these cosmic cycles, which really allow us more opportunity to live in rhythm. And so today I want to talk a little bit more about that and not only on the cosmic slash spiritual plane, energetic plane, we're definitely going to get into that, but I want to start to bring it into the body a little bit more and share some more body wisdom and embodiment practices that should hopefully help enhance this spiritual activation that we're all practicing and gaining more momentum around. So when I talk about core calibration is the word I use for really tuning into the center, tuning into your center of gravity, it gives us an opportunity to really become aware, not only of ourselves, but the space around us. That's what I call being able to access the ability to get centered in one place and then understand the answer to the question that I like to ask is how and where are we in time and space? And so a few episodes ago, I was really talking about that idea that in the center of the field of your field, your center of gravity, you have, well, for one, you have yourself. And then you want to start to think about, I like to imagine and think about the my, my orc field or my orc body being like a bubble, like Glenda, the good witch bubble. And I get this sense of really just like having this space bubble. That's actually what my niece calls it, a space bubble that surrounds me and gives me an opportunity to center and be graceful within that place. And so when we tune into the bubble, there becomes this awareness of the different hemispheres and diagonals of the field. So very straightforward, we have the vertical axis of that bubble, and then we have the horizontal axis of that bubble. So right there, we've split the the cell, the energetic field into four quadrants, which is really deep when you start to think about uh, the moon cycle, 
we'll get into it more. There, the, all of this stuff is so layered, guys. So like I said last week, you just got to let it roll. You're going to, the more you practice and observe and make connections, the, the easier it'll become. So it just takes a little practice. But so let's just do a moment. I want to do a little bit of centering here for a moment. So you're just going to ground through your sitting bones, ground in your, in your seat and, or if you're standing on your feet and you're just going to take a nice deep inhale and really start to tune into the center of that field and observing the right hemisphere, the left hemisphere. And as you continue to breathe, you can feel the front hemisphere as well as the back hemisphere. And so that's those four quadrants I was talking about, but now we also have the up and the down, and there are diagonals in between that. And so it really becomes this fun practice of being able to visualize yourself dropping into the center of gravity, feeling balance as much as possible through the breath on all dimensions of the bubble, just so starting to really tune into the different angles and diagonals. And through that, through that breath work, through that centering and awareness comes this real deep acknowledgement of the subtle energy. And this is really important when we start to talk about some of these cosmic things, because the more grounded we are and the more centered we are, the more access we have actually to the subtle field. And, uh, that be, that's going, I feel like moving into the future, this is going to be like one of the most important skill sets, which I think a lot of us are already pretty good at whether we're acknowledging it or not. It's, these are the days where we, I feel like we have to really start to acknowledge like, okay, I have this gift. I have this ability, this capability. I need to use my skills. And that's, that's the true embodiment. So just get in a habit as much as we, we all need to. And I practice it throughout the day. It takes but a second to just drop into center and observe the field, feel into the hemispheres of your bubble, your space bubble. And then as you get more acquainted with that, you may be able to feel, feel the outside of that bubble as well, where I like to use the phrase from star Wars. They talk about like sensing disturbances in the force, <laughs> Or just acknowledge, you know, that's what we're talking about here is being able to really tune in to yourself in such a way where you can feel the energies of the collective in relationship to yourself. Super, super deep. So that's one aspect. The other aspect, again, of that core calibrating your core center is the heartbeat. And the breath's timing. So the breath and the heartbeat go hand in hand and they are just so deep. It is one of our biggest, this is one of the the coolest things that we can do that's simple and easy to really start to regulate the system. And so, you know, and it's interesting because over the last few years, there's really been this conversation around accessibility for breath. You know, it started very heavily with the George Floyd you know, that murder was horrifying and the, but in God rest his soul, rest in peace. And I, I just really, there was like a lot of conversation around, I can't breathe even before that, but it really catalyzed a few years ago, a couple of years ago. And what I would say is that this is kind of, I take it as like external feedback from the universe. It's like, we need to work on our breath. 
you know, and with what's been happening through the pandemic, the breath is key right now to regulating the system. And that is really, like I said, it goes hand in hand with the heartbeat, which is very rhythmic as well. And so I want us all like one of my biggest prayers and one of the things that I practice with myself and in my, my students in, in, um, embodiment practice or in the cosmic synchronization practices is that we're looking to really start to tune into ourselves, that center of gravity, that unique space that, that we occupy in time and space and start to sense that and then use the rhythm of our heartbeat to create the pace that we move through life with. And it's really, really beautiful because we all have a heartbeat and we all have our own rhythm. And I, I just feel like the more I've, like I've just seen it in some of my clients over the last couple of years, especially this idea of when you can tune in and really sense, really feel your own rhythm, then you're not stressed by Oh, oh, the way that you should be breathing or the tempo that you should be moving or the bigness, the range of motion as we call it. It's, it's very much about customizing it and being present with it because some days we have more energy than others. And we'll talk about this a lot. I mean, the seasons and the cycles really, really in the moon, actually, I feel like they have a huge effect on these qualities just on a sub sub layer. And so again, the more we're tuned in to ourselves and feeling like, you know what, I've got the energy today. I'm going to push a little harder. I'm going to go a little bigger. Some days you don't have that to give. And I just, I really am looking for people to, you know, and myself included to really start to respect those self boundaries so that we can keep our nervous systems healthy. So we can keep our structural bodies healthy, our emotions, our psychology, you know, they're all intertwined. And again, I feel like it really comes back to the heart. And so, hmm, if you can just take a moment to just really tune in. And sometimes I love to just put my hands on my heart in the center or on the left. It doesn't matter. And just feel the beat and just let your breath be whatever it is. I say often, your timing is the best timing, period. And so it's about establishing that inner rhythm and really, truly honoring it. So practice that. Practice the, the art of centering in your, in finding your center of gravity in your bubble and then tuning into the space that surrounds it, the field, so to speak. And just like as if it was the Glenda the Good Witch bubble, you'd want to make sure that it was inflated in all aspects of that bubble. You want to really open it up, fortify it, make it strong, and then tune into that heartbeat, that rhythm. And uh, I think that that's like, again, like we're looking to neutralize a little bit more. That's what I'm, I feel like is important. If we can really ground and center ourselves and neutralize ourselves on the planet, I feel like that could do a lot of good for the collective, for the earth itself. You know, I, I, in my heart of hearts, I deeply, deeply believe that the more grounded people on the planet, the more centered, conscientious, grounded people on the planet, the better things will go, the more direction we can head into the future with peace and love and dignity and respect for one another, you know, and I feel like that's important more than ever these days, right? So we really want to do that. We really want to start to ground into the the heartbeat and establish our own tempo or our own pace because within that, so that's the personal 
um, very close in. Within that, we have these larger cycles and, and seasons, which are very much rhythmic. They're spiralic. They, they move in a spiral, but they're very rhythmic. There's a pace to things. And one thing I was talking about last week when we, right before we had that f- beautiful full moon and then we entered into the equinox, which is that equal day, equal night season. Now we're starting to get, we're easing, really easing into this season, the new season, spring in the Northern hemisphere, autumn in the Southern. And this, this season, this entering into the spring, the vernal equinox specifically, really represents an astrological new year. We're at the beginning of the cycle, so to speak. So Aries represents the beginning of the zodiac. It also represents the first house. And so the first house is all about the self. And I was talking last week a lot about Aries energy. When I think Aries, it's unapologetically me. And that could go I could go extreme either way when you start to look at it. However, you know, in a balanced centered state, when you're centered and your center of gravity and you're balanced, my goodness, that's some cool work right there. And, you know, this is what I'm talking about is the more I'm speaking, when I, when I give some of these cues, I'm speaking from an assumed state that we are centered. <laughs> I recognize that it can go either way in a, in, in a big way. And like, you know, like I talked about one of my friends, Patty says on a good day, astral, you know, of an Aries is yeah. Unapologetically me balanced, you know, shining light and being lovingly. And then on unapologetically me on a bad day can be self-absorbed, self-centered and thinking about no one, but the self <laughs> and wanting nothing but what I want, you know? And so obviously the middle way, these are the days of the middle way. We're again, we're looking for a neutrality and a balance on, in, in life and on earth. I want to be one of the balanced folk. So what I was saying is, is that the Aries season really does mark the beginning phase of the astrological, the zodiacal cycle and spring, bringing life back, bringing light back, this idea of acknowledgement of the self. I always have this, like when I'm talking to, when I'm teaching astrology, I have this discussion around that the 12th house Pisces energy is that conception, the dream, the envisioning. And then that Aries comes in and it's the realization of it. It's like a life force, an act life force activation of I am here. I I'm here and I'm willing to be alive, you know? And so there's this really beautiful fiery spark that can come through with the Aries energy. And I'm sure I mean, you can just, I can just feel it in, in the world, even though I'm still, you know, I'm in the mountains and there's a lot of snow all around still. The birds are singing throughout the day more and more and the sun is shining and, you know, it's just like, you can feel the life coming back and the, the, the warming of the planet in a good way, the warm, the seasonal warming. So yeah, so we've got that Aries energy really coming on and it's, it represents that beginning of spring. And like I said, the beginning of the Zodiac. So it's a new year. And one thing I would say that's so cool is like, we have new beginnings. Like we have, this is one layer of a new beginning with the, uh, with the Zodiac, the astrological new year. But then we've talked about new moons, right? We started the podcast on a new moon cycle. So that's a beginning. And then you, when you have a birthday, that's a new year for you. There's all these new beginnings, ending cycle. You know, the cycles are repeating. And then when the planets 
come together. They're like, we're getting a new Venus cycle coming through <laughs> as it's come out of retrograde. Venus is in a new cycle. So that's having an, we're having a Venusian new beginning. I mean, there are new beginnings left and right. And it just, again, it depends on how you want to look at things from where you are in time and space. So I, I do want to talk though about the mode that when we are in astrology, we talk about modalities. And it, for me, it's like the thing that moves the rhythm that keeps the beat. Again, it's like the drum, almost like the drum and bass or something is the mode, the modality. And so what you have in airy season or in a beginning cycle, we have a card, we have what they call cardinal energy. It's the starting up. And in human design, people talk a lot about manifesting generators. If you have manifesting generator, if you are a manifesting generator, chances are you have a lot of cardinal energy in your chart. So that's something to look at. It's really cool. When you start layering all of these studies, everything's connected, you know, and uh, there's lessons to be learned, again, depending on where, which way and how you want to look at things. So that cardinal energy, that beginning phase is found in the Zodiac specifically through the seasonal beginning. So like I've said the last couple of weeks, every, everything, every cycle has the beginning, middle and end, the beginning of spring, the beginning of summer, the beginning of fall, the beginning of winter, those beginning points are all cardinal energies. And, uh, that's really deep. I feel like this is like a, if you can start to understand like, okay, so we're starting something up, you know, it's the beginning by the time we get to the middle phase, we're more sustaining and establishing what we've got, what we've gathered and gained, you know, and then we're moving forward into the ending phase, which an ending always represents a new beginning. It's like, oh my gosh, these cycles never end. It never, ever ends, which is why I always encourage everyone I love that Jeffrey Wolf Green phrase of observation and correlation. The more we tune in for ourselves and really tune into your center of gravity, feel that subtle energy, that space that is you, that you occupy and get really comfortable and strong and familiar with it so that you can identify and observe feedback, cycles, patterns, synchronicities. Because what I've found is the more I tune in, it's like the messages and and the you know the synchronicities are all around us. There's there's so much guidance and love and support that's there for us if we allow ourselves to really tune in and acknowledge it. Um, so if, you know that's a big prayer I have for all of us, and especially if you're listening, if you've come this far with me down this road of living in rhythm, you know, I'm, hopefully you're you're playing a little bit and and getting your observation and correlation going. Again, like not, there, there's like, this is one of the best times to do it. This Aries, this is why I'm making such a big deal about it. Cause the Aries is like one of the biggest new beginnings we can, you know, it's like a natural time, which I want to bring it back to that a little too. You know, we had this, uh, we have this daylight savings time thing that happens and there's talk that it's not going to happen, which I am so thrilled. It feels like a super win. <laughs> for natural time. Uh, it, but like one of the thing, this is kind of the message around living in rhythm is that a lot of us, because we've been so caught up in clocks and seasons, or I'm sorry, clocks and schedules and, you know, unnatural, like almost hallmark 
there's also religious holidays, but there's Hallmark holidays. There's all these things that like society at large has shaped time and space around that it's become this really interesting construct where as far as I'm concerned, it's got everybody off balance. And the idea that we just agreed, you know, okay, we're all going to fall back one hour. We're going to spring forward, you know, and actually some season, some states don't even observe it. So it gets weird, you know, really quick when we're looking at time and space. And then that like some months have 31 days and some months have 28, except for, you know, that one every four year, you know, it's just like, my goodness. So we're looking to really like, that's all fine, whatever. We have to live with that for now. But one of the best ways we can start to really tune in and get back to nature and get back to ourselves is tuning into natural time. I find it to be one of the most important things that we could be doing right now on earth. I feel like that I identifying with the self, your ourselves, grounding, feeling that spaciousness, and then observing, for example, this the moon is one of the most profound and yet simple things we can observe outside of the sunrise and the sunset. And so it's just, again, that moon shows us a wax and a wane of coming to fullness and then a drawing the energy back. This is the beginning, middle, end of every cycle right there for us on a 28 and a half day cycle. Every 28 and a half days, we get to experience this rhythm um, in relationship to the sun from earth. It's beautiful. It really, really gets me. And so on a grand, grand scale, Aries is like a new moon in a way. This astrological new moon or astrological new year is, is like a new beginning. That's what the new moons represent. And so it's a really powerful time to sow the seeds. Just like in spring, we plant the seeds, we start to nurture the garden, we start to work the soil from all of the decomposition and enrichment that it got from the fall and the winter dormancy to now bring it back to life, to stir it up, to activate it, to let the heat come and come in, to let the water nourish, you know, I mean, really feeling into the elements and the foundation of of like, I, you know, this is the seed, this is the plant, or this is the prayer that I have, I'm going to nurture it. And so, you know, I really encourage all of us in this, you know, since you're here, still tuned in, I encourage all of us with this Aries astrological new moon to set, let's like set an intention, right? We can do it every month. It's really fun. But like, sometimes it's just nice to get a big prayer for the year, just like we do with, with, um, the new years, the Gregorian new years that happen on December 31st and January 1st, right? That's the Gregorian New Year. So it's not in natural time, but it's cool, whatever. 2022, here we are. The astrological new year of 2022, beginning in this last week, right? In Aries, again, there's fire and spark of life and will, creativity. Ask yourself and see from a centered, grounded place, like where am I being called? What's giving me inspiration? What's giving me life? You know, what's feeding me? And then nurture that and see what happens. It doesn't have to be a resolution of like, I'm drawing this line and I have to set myself up to like, maybe not follow through with it. (laughs) It's so intense, you know? And another way to play with that is to feel where the energy is going and start to get really practice the art of being in tune with yourself so that you can 
we can all start to really be honest with ourselves and like make moves, you know, like when we're real and present and we can feel where the energy goes, we can go with it. There's like, there's the force of life is, is supporting that when we're pushing against, you know, this is the other, the other end of the spectrum. It's like, if something is not flowing or is taking a lot of energy or draining or bringing you down or making you sad and depressed, like consistently, then we want to play with like, how can I shift this? How can I pivot this to a place where I actually feel like I'm getting energy instead? And sometimes it's actually just completely turning away and changing. It takes a lot of courage, but Aries season is the perfect time to do something like that. (laughs) Unapologetically me, you know, it's the, I'm not going to take it anymore kind of vibe, (laughs) or it can be the, I'm ready to live. Let's go kind of vibe. So that's, uh, keep riding those Aries waves and see what happens. Something else that's really cool astrologically (laughs) that's actually so deep is, and I kind of talked about this a few episodes ago, but a half moon. So right now we have the sun, what's going in on Thursday, the 24th of March (laughs) at 1129 PM mountain time. I'm always on the mountain time. So basically that, uh, the sun and the moon are squaring one another. And so anytime you see a square in your chart, sometimes it shows up as a red line at a 90 degree angle. That's the square. And a lot of people get a little like stressed out. Oh my God, it's a square. And yes, yeah, squares are, uh, you know, they can create friction, but they can also create growth. There's like energy where I see it as like an opportunity to push through and grow or to change. And what you'll hear in the lunar phasing, in the language around the lunar phasing, is that this is the last quarter square or just the last quarter moon, which is the last half. And so you'll be getting these little, like, I'm going to repeat myself with a lot of this stuff as you know, but I'll be repeating it, but it'll be from a different filter because of the time and place. We'll be in a different time and space. But today we have the sun in Aries, which we've been talking about. And then we have the moon is going to be in Capricorn. So that's making, again, the Capricorn represents the beginning of winter, which is a cardinal sign because it's the beginning, first, first sign of winter in the Northern hemisphere. So when we got, when we have, um, that 90 degree angle between the sun and the moon, it's making a square between Capricorn and Aries. And when you look, when you see that from the, from the, if you look up and you see the moon, you'll actually see the left side is illuminated on a waning half moon. You know, so we start with the dark new moon and then the right side illuminates through the crescent towards a gibbous, then to the half, I'm sorry, to, yeah, to the half. And then it goes, then it starts to pull back to the other side. So we lose the light illumination from the right side of the moon and it fades towards the left every month. So you can tell, like if you're not, if you kind of get confused or it's been a few days, you look up at the moon and you can see if it's the right side lit, that's it. That's waxing. If the left side's lit, it's waning. The energies are pulling back, heading, the waters are receding from that full moon that we peaked at and it's waning back. So we're on the waning side of that full moon that we had and it's exactly half, which means that 
the earth is nine or the sun is 90 degrees away from the moon. Gosh, that's cosmic. So, you know, if you're still with me, (laughs) that's cool. And if you're still learning, that's okay too. Because like I said, the more you observe and, and make connections, you're, this is going to start to feel really familiar because this is human. Like this is life on earth. Humans have been using this practice of looking at the sun, the moon, and the stars to tune in to how to be on earth, to know when to plant, to know when to prepare for winter, you know? And so to know when to feel the wa- the waves, to know when the waters are coming, to know when the waters are receding, it, this is just the deepest stuff. So it's a lifelong study. But check out, look, look for that waning f- half, the last quarter moon. And so on an astrological level, what does that even mean? Well, Capricorn is really interesting because we've got, we've had... Capricorn is the, like I said, it's the beginning sign of winter in the Northern Hemisphere. And it represents, for me, I always think of the foundation of a building. I think of bones and structure. It's very much structure, authority, the the order of things. And we've had a lot of transitions and transformations going on in Capricorn through Pluto is in Capricorn. And we just had a Pluto return in the United States where Pluto came back to where it was in Capricorn for the first time in 250 years. So that's deep. Um, The Saturn was conjuncting the Capricorn in, or I'm sorry, the Saturn was conjuncting the Pluto in Capricorn. Jupiter was there too for a little while. It's, uh, there's been a lot of restructuring. Hmm. What's so amazing is that you don't really need astrology to know that, but on some level, knowing astrology helps you feel better about that. Okay, we got some reorganization. We got some transits happening in the structure of things. So that's the actual Capricorn energy with, now we put the moon on there. With the moon being in Capricorn, there's an intuition and emotional quality to it. And so when I look at that, when I see this, the moon squaring the sun, the, the Aries and Capricorn energy is really, I feel like with the waning quality, it's asking us to let go. There's some like, I feel like it back to what I was saying earlier about like in new beginnings, you have to be willing to let go and let some things end to begin again, right? It's kind of uh, like a rite of passage, you know, you have to have the new beginning or in order to have the new beginning, you have to have some endings, And so that happens in a lot of levels, you know, it happens on so many levels. And some of you might be feeling that like really, really deeply. And some of you might be looking at things like, yeah, I better let that sweater go. (laughs) Or some of you might be thinking, yeah, it's time to quit that job or break up, or I just lost somebody dear. You know, I mean, there's a lot of layers to this quality of, of really beginning again, right? Setting a new beginning. And, um, you know, what I want to say about that is that I feel like, again, the more we're tuning in to our heartbeat, tuning into our rhythm, becoming present in our space, in our field, where we are in time and space, there's an inner knowing that just comes to the surface that cannot be denied. And if you're denying it, then you're going to learn, keep, we're going to keep learning lessons if we deny or pretend or ignore but if we start to get really brave and face that, face that which we're, the feedback we're being given, 
and we really push ourselves to grow and change, then then we just might see some some of ourselves shedding some skin, shedding some layers, like coming out of the cocoon and actually f- recognizing that we have wings. <laughs> you know, even though it's so painful sometimes to to let ourselves go through transitions like that. So I feel like there's a lot of structural things and things that have to do with like the foundation of what we consider our day-to-day life. And, you know, we've got some emotional qualities around that where we're maybe being hard on ourselves or not hard enough. And I, I think that Aries is again, has come is like the sun in Aries is asking us like, how much can you be yourself? You know, how much can you be yourself? Like unapologetically in a graceful way, tune in, allow yourself to be who you are, to shine the light that you were given. You know, let your soul shine because it's a lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so there's that. And it's deep. The other thing, we, we, we've been talking a lot about the Pisces conjunction that's been happening with Neptune and Mercury and then Jupiter, which is still coming. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more, but just know too that like, remember there's that unconditional love that's hovering as well. And I know there's a lot of talk about that. There's a lot of illusion and delusion. That's true too. But again, if we tune in and we come from our center of gravity, from a focused and honest and true authentic place, that's unconditionally loved, unapologetically ourselves. I mean, can you blame it? If you're from that, if you're moving from that place, that's the best we can do, you know? But it takes a lot of practice and one breath, one thought, one step, one day at a time to to, to do this, you know? So <laughs> we talk big things, but it's like the day-to-day that makes that makes these big things possible. Okay. Uh, one other thing I want to talk about before I talk before I get into those other astrological transits is that one of my things that I just love looking at in the winter sky, particularly, I get so much energy and comfort and just like, it just inspires me to no end seeing Orion in the sky and Orion kind of rests in the Taurus around the Taurus, um, sign in the Zodiac, the Taurus constellation. And so when you look up, when I look up in the winter sky throughout the when really it starts to kick in in the fall, but you can, it's super prominent in a winter sky in the Northern hemisphere. And so you'll all actually see Orion kind of come up almost like a rise, you know, and then creeps the, the Orion with the three belts and the, you know, the three, the, the three dots that make the belt up that line up with the pyramids of Giza. You know, I mean, the whole thing, it like, it goes across the sky off, off, off the path, like the sun off its ecliptic and, angle. And, uh, I just, I get such a kick out of it. One of the things that I have to, like, I come to terms with every year is Orion goes away in the sun. Like it's so I've got, I'm in, we're in like the last days of Orion in the, in the winter sky. And for me, it's just something I've noticed throughout the years. Like I really get comfort in seeing it. And I am kind of sad when Orion's not in the sky so easily seen. So as the sun creeps through, into, into spring, we'll lose that, you know, the deeper it gets into spring, the less and less we see Orion and his little dog. So look up for, for that, like check in for that. It's, um, oh gosh, I, from where I'm, where I am in the mountains, it's basically in the Southern, it's like more Southern angle, but it's in the, it's obviously up in the sky, but it's more in the Southern realm. And it's lately been 
kind of like southern, more towards the west because it's setting, you know? So at the beginning of winter, it's more towards the southeastern hemisphere. So keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye out for Orion. Say goodbye. And then look at the moon, that half moon, and say goodbye to the light of the moon because every two and a half days, that light's going to go go fade a little bit more towards the crescent and then it'll be we'll be back at a new moon again to start another new cycle. <laughs> so you see these things are so many layers and it's just up to you what resonates, what feels good. The more we practice of observing and tuning in, you just start to get your own connections, your own relationships to things and I feel like that is going to be that's like a really powerful tool moving into the future, you know. So there's a lot of astrologers and people that are doing this type of work. And, and I love doing sessions and, and, uh, I kind of call them reading sometimes, but I'd, re- they're really more like sessions cause they're more interactive. I'm, I'm interested in, in sharing information with you and teaching this work in a way that it empowers you so that you can start to do it for yourself. If you really start to tune in, you know, and then you can use people like me, to be on your council just to get a little check, a little, you know, check. One, two, you feeling me? Am I, do you see this? Can you hear me? You know, <laughs> that's the way we, that's the way I work with it. And so it's been super helpful. And plus you want to be in charge, you know, of your life. <laughs> so as much as you can tune in. All right. So there's, I, we're, we're working through this stuff. I hope you're having fun because I love this stuff so much. So one of the other really potent astrological. We, I've been talking about this for weeks now, but Neptune is having a moment, you know, or Pisces is having a moment. It has been, but the Pisces, you know, while the sun was in Pisces, we were really talking about that conjunction with the sun, the moon, and Jupiter and Neptune were all pretty close together. Right now we have the, we have Neptune basically conjuncting Mercury. And they've actually, since over the last couple of days, they've kind of swapped. Like Mercury was on one side, looked to be on one side of Neptune. Now it looks like it's on the other side of Neptune. So they just kind of dosy doed a little. But we have uh, Neptune and Mercury and Mercury together in Pisces, which is giving me this sense of like f- that subtle energy I was talking about. Being able to communicate, that's the Mercury energy, really tune in and sense on a higher level that's either beyond words or in vibration or through art, through other forms of expression that are not as direct as just speaking face-to-face, so to speak. And uh, so tune into that too, because I feel like there's again, like the more we are aware and in our center of gravity, then we can start to sense these subtle, this subtle energy that's giving us feedback from, from the world outside, or just like from a person that's talking to you, like me, (laughs) repeating myself about the subtle energy. Uh, you know, you can start to feel how when, you know, that, that Neptune and that, that Neptune with that kit, with that Mercury is got this art of, uh, I mean, it is very artistic. It's very, like, I always come back to that higher love thing with Neptune. I feel like it's asking us, like, can we speak love? Can we show love? Like, can we express through that higher octave of love? I mean, and again, I'm always looking at from the glass half full, because if you talk to another astrologer, they're going to talk about how in the past, this has been so horrible. And I get it. I get it. 
I also know that in when we see when I see these types of energies, it's it's giving us an opportunity and a choice to make. So I could choose to go through that lower vibration and into that and to start to talk about all the bad things. I mean, it's okay to acknowledge and tune in, but to like be repeating and acknowledging and over and over and talking about it and posting about it and sharing about it and trying to get your friends, you know, or we can go towards like the progress, you know, as far as like, let's show love, let's like hold a higher caliber of a higher vibration on the planet instead of bringing our vibrations down or letting other people bring our vibes down. And a lot of this, like this Mercury, this Mercury Neptune thing does have a lot to do with like what I was talking about last week is information that's coming at us. You know, it's like, I, I make this joke with my husband's a little bit like, oh gosh. But when I, I'm, when I'm watching TV or if the TV's on, or if there's like a commercial, there's so many layers of information in the one, like in one commercial, there's sound, there's like the visuals that they give, they change, there's the music they put in there. There's the changing of their voices. I mean, don't think for one second that that stuff isn't intentional, you know? And so again, it's about being really tuned in to acknowledge what you're being, what's being communicated so that you're clear. And then you can make good choices for yourself from that place, you know, period. And so, you know, it's like, I, it start, it used to start off with me just being like, I can't, I, it's hard for me to watch a lot of violence. You know, I can't watch violence very like, I don't like watching violent movies or TV shows or things that like bring me down. I used to kind of like it. Like it depends if it's a, you can get in a mood, but in general, I'll choose something different. And so that's just like one of the ways I've tuned in. It's just like, I rather, I'd rather like keep my energy (laughs) and use it for other things. So that Neptune with the Mercury is also asking us to really just be mindful of like the information and the feedback that we're being given from the outside world. And again, the more centered you are, the more clear you're going to be. So you can make really good choices or, you know, sometimes even just acknowledge when you're being BSed to. <laughs> That's a lot of it too. So uh, the other thing I would say about this, this ne- you know, it's going to be getting closer now that you know, Mercury's on the other side of Neptune. But as we creep in through, again, into this winter or this spring season, that Jupiter and Neptune are going to be coming closer and closer together. And this conjunction in Pisces hasn't happened since the mid-1800s. And we'll talk a little bit more about it as we get closer into it. But like we've been having astrological transits. Um, It kind of started in December 2019 around there's like an eclipse that happened on Christmas day in 2019. And that was a pivotal time for me. I mean, I, it's just like amazing life just before that eclipse and after that eclipse. But anywho, the, some of the transits we've been experiencing as a collective, like some of the astrological movements that have been happening, haven't happened. Some of them for like a hundred years, some of them for 500 years the, you know, and you can see it in the world we're living in. We're living in extraordinary times that a lot of people on earth haven't lived through before. And so there's patterns that are being in some way being repeated, but on another angle, we have to start to look at again, when you're tuned into natural time, you'll recognize that it's more spiralic than it is just like going around in a circle and hitting the same spot every single year, because our perspective changes time and space changes each revolution of these of these patterns. And so again, being clear about these rhythms gives us an opportunity to really make 
different choices. You know, so there was a lot of turmoil in 1856, in the 1850s, prepping everyone for, you know, everyone was preparing and moving into civil war in the United States. There's a lot of turmoil and, and separation and division that was happening and a lot of disillusionment and a lot of triumphantness too. So it's just like, I mean, which angle do you want to pick it from it? The, that Pluto return that the United States experienced a couple, like a month or so ago, it was in February, where Pluto came back to the place that it was in at the time of the birth of the United States, July 4th, 1776. It, Pluto came back to the, to the place it was in Capricorn for the first time in 250 years. Again, we're being given an opportunity to look at the things that we, that maybe have come before and honor that, which is beneficial for moving forward and moving into the future and letting go what needs to go so we can keep evolving and moving into the future. So there's a lot of endings with these beginnings and it's so, it just takes this, I feel like this Jupiter, Neptune, and that Mercury as well come, you know, all together in the Pisces is asking us to like dream bigger, to envision the, the human, like envision the future that we're really looking for and be brave enough to see through the BS, to see through the disillusionment and really take that higher vibration, that higher love frequency and, and go that direction, you know? So that's what I'm doing. We got to double down on the love y'all. Okay. So as we get into the, into the season of spring, where I'm going to be talking more and more about the nodes of the moon, these are the places in time or in space where the sun, the moon and the earth's alignments orbits all come into alignment. And they're the places where eclipses happen. And so I, I follow the nodes of the moon a lot, and and when we're when we're looking at charts, this is one of my major major focuses right now because I see the these points as guidance as far as like they call it the true node. I always think of it like the north star, the true north star, even though it's not the north star. That's in a diff- that's an actual place, but it, it has that effect of like if we can use the node to guide ourselves a little bit where we're going. And then there's the south node of where we've been. We can start to work again. We can work that evolutionary progress and that rhythm into the future. So we're trying to find a heartbeat and a rhythm that's going to take us forward, not backwards. (laughs) Okay, so the north node right now is in Taurus. We'll get to that. The south node is in Scorpio. And right now, the south node is trining. It's making a trine, a an angle to to Neptune in Pisces. So that Scorpio is a water sign and Pisces is a, is a water sign. And they're trining both at 23 degrees right now. And I'm feeling like I, there's this little extra nudge from the universe. That south node represents the tail of the dragon, the things that we're leaving behind and the things that we, we really have to evolve from or where we've come from. And so it's asking again, like, how much can you let go of in order to really be brave enough to move into what you really want, the the, the visions and the dreams that we're working on? And I think of this on a collective level, especially just getting our power back. Scorpio really reminds me of empowerment, self-power. It is like you'll see in Scorpio energy, there's a lot of 
power struggles and power dynamics that happen. Um, not Scorpio people necessarily, although it can be, but just the Scorpio energy is, is very much about this, like it's sex and power are the main phrase that, you know, two big words that come to my mind when I think about Scorpio. And I feel like this idea of having it trine, which is a really flowing, fluid, complementary angle, they, that, that ability to really step into our power to like, let some of that, that disillusionment go and find this inner strength, find this inner power, actually, that maybe we've been holding back from, or we just realized that we were, you know, told a little bit of, we were told something that wasn't necessarily true or that was limiting our belief systems. And so we didn't try because we didn't believe we could. Well, this trine with the Neptune is like dream big. Again, it's asking us like, let go of some of these limiting beliefs, let go of some of these things that have been holding you down or holding you back and step into some power. Use your mystics, use your intuition and your, your inner guidance and your higher vibrational love connection to actually find the direction that you're, you know, to really find some clarity in the direction of where to put your energy right now. Um, I, you know, again, like that South node asks us to like shed some skin, shed the layers to, to let go. And so again, like we're looking for this balance right now of, of allowing what needs to end to end and sealing and closing it, like finding closure, you know, and then really having some faith and some trust and some belief in that, which is empowering, which is what we've been praying for or dreaming in, you know, dreaming on. That's, that's like what I see that, that nodal, that, or that nodal trying to Neptune is representing. The other thing I would say about that too, is that there's going to be, I feel like it's also, you know, a little bit of, if you're not taking charge of that, if you're allowing yourself to be overpowered, then you, you know, it's just going to be a little bit more like that Neptune can just put some rose colored glasses or blinders on and then just like hold you still. So it could also be really like, oof, unless you're really like move, like I said, if you're willing, if you got that Aries, like will to live, it's going to be like, it's almost going to stick you in a place, like stick you in, you know, it's very confining and, and, um, I'm just encouraging all of us to, again, let your soul shine. I mean, this is the time. It's a new beginning. And it, part of that is like being so brave to shed, to let go, you know, so we can really move forward. And it's intense, you know, it's not, it, these are, it's, sometimes it's hard to shine, you know, because it's, we can be bright when we do. We can all be very bright when we really do. And you know, sometimes you want to keep it on the DL and I understand that, but these are the days where we have to really find, we're looking for that range of motion and that balance in, in, in our shine, you know, there's a time and a place, of course, you know, we, where we find some, some balance and some neutrality, but there's other times where we just got to go for it. And I have a feeling with this, with this, uh, Neptune trining the South node, it's just like, again, double down on where the good energy is, where the inspiration comes from. If something's feeling good, keep going. Don't, you know, no more doubt, no more doubts around it. Just believe and f play and try, be willing, 
be willing. You'll surprise yourself all the times, you know, it's like all the time you, you hear these phrases about the people that, you know, if you just sit and be where you are, you're going to watch, you're going to see everybody walking by (laughs) or you can get up and walk (laughs) in whatever direction you want, preferably into the future. So there's that. And the last thing I would say with that South node is that it's also right now squaring Saturn. And again, we got the square, dun, dun, dun. um, a square again is like a half moon energy. It's a 90 degrees. So we got the South node at 23 degrees Scorpio and the, and Saturn at 21 degrees Aquarius. And, um, this is the Saturn story has been going on for a while. I want to get into it too much today, <laughs> but if you've been studying or you've been with me, you know, um, the, the main thing I want you to, like I, I'm observing and experiencing, and I want you to kind of tune into in your own way about with this is that that South node squaring the Saturn is also again, asking it's bringing some friction around the old structures. It's got, there's friction around the, you know, like when I see this, when I see the nodes, and Pluto, I think of a butterfly all the time, going through the metamorphosis, beginning, middle, end. I'm a caterpillar. I go into my cocoon. I dissolve, become reborn, come out of the cocoon with wings. I mean, that's incredible. That's an incredible transformation that those little beings, those little beings have to go through. So it, we are in this like crux right now with the Saturn squaring the node as far as, again, like, take the power back. Where are, where, you know, there's so much transformation and change that's been going on for the last couple of years. And I believe it's going to go on, like it's going to keep going on a little bit guys. So what I've been saying to a lot of my clients slash students is that the more in tune we're at, we are with ourselves, the more grounded we are, the more we're able to adjust and adapt accordingly in time and space to these changes. And, you know, again, if you're getting caught up, if you're letting yourself get swept away in some of these energies, the Neptunian, you know, disillusionment and the, the South node Scorpio of like trying to take your power and then the, you know, all that Capricorn energy, just in general, you're, we're, we're being pulled in so many directions and the best way to stop the push and the pull is to ground find your center, fortify your field, right? Feel that spaciousness around your bubble, that heartbeat in the center of your gravitational field and really honor your timing and honor your rhythm. Because like I said, it's easy to get dragged in any direction and it's more powerful and empowering for yourself and for the people around you when we're all grounded, when we're centered, when we're focused enough to tune into the subtle energies or the rhythms of time and space that are helping guide us along our paths one day at a time. Um, so I really encourage you to catch that, catch this wave right now, this beginning wave, let what needs to go fall away. Let what isn't yours anymore. What's not serving you anymore, fall away into the past and allow yourself to come out of the cocoon, out of your shell spring phase one start to let those wings activate feel them starting to get their groove you know and find a little bit of a rhythm so that we can start to move into this next phase we got eclipses coming i mean this is just a time like set the pace set the beat 
so that we can move into the future and you're going to feel strong and steady and focused and present enough to catch the rhythms of life, the waves of life, the living in rhythm. This is what it's all about. Tuning in, baby. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in, y'all. This is so fun. I just love it, love it, love it. And I'm really grateful for you, for your time and for you just tuning in. And I've been getting lots of messages and little messages and love of support. And I really appreciate it. It means a lot. And so I'm wishing you the very best. Happy beginnings, happy endings, happy new beginnings. Uh, Let's go watch that moon and tune in and know I got lots of love for you. All right. Catch the website if you want to book a sesh too. Okay. Tune in. Peace.